Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robots Radio presents You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters To those curious about D&D To learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons Well, welcome back to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. I'm your host, Hello. the Almighty Crit, and joining me is my fellow host, Sergio. I am the Almighty Sergio. The- <laughs> I'm proud of you. We have a humdinger of a show for you. We do, we do. And you know, honestly, I when I'm, I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get about my personal feelings about this book when we get into it. But we're going to talk about Monsters in the Multiverse today. We are going to talk oh. about Mordekainen Presents mm, mm, Monsters mm. of the Multiverse, the it's brand invisible. new book from Wizards of the Coast that you can only buy as part of a gift set. Now let's go ahead and let's 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 talk about that right now. Let's talk about the fact that you have to spend a <laughs> uh, hundred and something. Like I mean, I spent yeah. like 150. Yeah. 150 bucks. I mean, maybe hopefully you can find it on sale. <clears throat> But you have to spend one hundred fifty dollars to get your hands on a physical copy of this. To get your hands on any kind of copy of this book, because you, you can't. They don't even have it on D and D Beyond as a you know as a digital nope. uh, book until until the actual release date, which is May seventeenth. Um, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about Wizards of the Coast and their uh, their decision to make this um, somewhat unattainable? Well, first, let's talk about the bad, okay? Because Mama always said, leave off on the good note. Is that what she says? <clears throat> so, the bad. I feel like it is quite the cash grab. I hate saying that, too. but It feels like, it feels like a bit of a cash grab. It, it, I, it, I feel dirty saying that, especially about, you know, our beloved Dungeons & Dragons. But... <clears throat> well, I mean, it's a it's a company, and yep. you know, it's a it's a business, yep. and it's capitalism. Yeah, they're, they're trying to make money. Uh, I again, do we have do we have to be happy about it? No. Do we understand mm, it? Yes. Yeah, it, I understand it. It is. It, it was a savvy and quick move, and very very witty to do it in a box set. Um, but I don't think it was well thought out when producing, you know, releasing the books that goes with it. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> to be fair, a lot of people, Tasha, uh, Tasha's has been around for a little bit, not very long. Um, uh, years, almost, almost two years. Yeah. And, but Xanathar's guide has been around for quite a bit. You know, yeah. I mean, most people, if they want it physical copy, they got it by now. Yeah. Um, I was not, I actually, I kept, I hung on to my, my, digital copies with the intent of eventually getting a full-blown physical collection mm-hmm. because like a many a dragon i am uh, i i like to hoard tabletop role-playing rule books um 
and maybe uh, apparently we're uh, we're streaming Risk of Rain Two, <laughs> which sounds like uh, an adult film title. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's a very cool game. But anyway, I don't know why it, it Twitch could is doing that. It could also be a very cool adult film title. <laughs> uh, anyway, like I said, yeah, like I'm like a I'm like a dragon hoarder. Uh, you know, now like, yeah, that's a cool book for a game that uh, I probably don't have enough friends to play with, but it's so cool, like learning <laughs> the game mechanics. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I knew eventually I would get um, I would buy a copy of Tosh, a physical copy of Tosh, mm-hmm. a physical copy of Xanathar's, and just you know, serendipi- serendipitously was able to you know get those yeah. in addition to the to the new one, but. Had I already had those, I might have not. I mean, okay, so had I not had those, and had I not also been a Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast co-host, <laughs> I might have. I would have definitely waited. I would have waited and checked out shows such as ours, um, and saying like, "Hey, man, is this worth? Is this yeah. worth the? Yeah, is is the juice worth worth the squeeze?" See, and here's here's the other bad thing, you know, and like you said, there's some people, like I said, most people, if they wanted it, they got it by now. Some people like, you know, like yourself don't have it quite yet. Not a big deal either. But, you know, most people had it. The other thing is it's just it's pretty packaged and it really only appeals mostly to those people who already have the collection sets like the starter set where you've got, you know, the player's handbook, the dungeon master's guide, the monster manual. You got it in the nice, pretty box it came in. You know, this really only applies to collectors of the Dungeons and Dragons world, honestly. Um, so that being said, let's get into the good, which is it is very pretty. It's very, it's beautiful. very pretty. It, it is gorgeous. It is. I. I. I cannot say enough good things about it. It's gorgeous. Um, I welcome the new rule changes. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get yeah. into um, this is definitely going to require a. I mean, this is this is first. The book's been out for forty eight hours. This is a very much a first impressions yep. sort of um, sort of look to it. Um, Lupus is asking which version that we picked up. I picked uh, up the normal, not limited edition special cover. Because I don't have any other special cover books. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I have um, I have Fizbins. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able to uh, get my hands on Strixhaven, and I kind of preferred the artwork of the normal version rather than the the, the, the deluxe, you know, than the alternate cover version. Yeah, I um, I kind of felt like the the deluxe, if you will, version was kind of lacking this time around. It's very pretty. It's very white. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a I think white and gold is, was the very. I didn't think it would look. Uh, it'd be like kind of a stark contrast in um, in on my shelf in mm-hmm. you know, when compared to the other books. Um, yeah, I, so I just picked up. I picked up the normal cover. Yeah, uh, I, and, te- and tech says that white books are not a good idea. Like, especially Dungeons and Dragons players, our fingers are perpetually Cheetoed <laughs> or Doritoed or Doritoed. They're cheesed up. They're cheesed up. Uh, and so, yeah, white books uh, definitely maybe not get, uh, maybe not be the best idea. Um, but so, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have to dig into the mm-hmm. book at a later time, uh, possibly like some Patreon episodes, like sort of like break down uh, yeah. a lot of the big difference, a lot of the small differences rather. Yeah. Uh, here we'll focus big picture. Uh I I really I really think what they what they have going here it gives me uh gives me not like hope but it gives me confidence yeah. of where the game is headed yes. you know, headed going into the 50th anniversary. So and and a potential uh 5.5 you know edition mm-hmm. which is what's heavily rumored in this you know you know people weren't sure exactly they you know uh Wizards that you know, and and uh, Jeremy Crawford and and the folks there, they they talked about the next evolution of the game is what this, they're going to unveil for the yeah. 50th anniversary. Yep. And so immediately, um, the 
the gossip mill starts churning, you know, does this mean 6.0? Does this mean uh, like a, a 5.5, much like, you know, we had a 3.5 with third edition. Uh, this to me, this book uh, feels to me like it's going to be something that's 5.5. Yeah. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> In a nutshell, this episode is going to be, we're going to be doing a, I'd say almost a soft review of the Monsters in the Multiverse to let you know whether or not it's worth your buy right now or if you could probably just wait on it a little bit. So, without further ado, Sergio, should we just dive on into this content? Because it's let's, let's, pretty juicy. <laughs> let's, let's dive in. Let's do this. So, right off the bat, as soon as you turn... Off rip. Off, off rip. Right off. As soon as you turn to page one... What do we get? Well, technically page six. Um, we get all of our playable races. Well, even before page six, page five has one of the biggest changes oh. that uh um that's in this book that's been that's been implemented in quite some time. So what the what they're trying to do with the game is they're they're moving away from the um like the racial ability score at uh, uh bonuses so whereas before you know you um uh like a a gnome or a halfling uh or a halfling rather would have a a, a plus one to a dexterity mm-hmm. and keeping with their you know nimbly bimbly wily selves mm-hmm. um uh Oh, also, uh, yeah, Lupa says there's an intro from Tasha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're moving away from that. Yeah, they're moving because, away from the traditional, this is what you get thing. Because, and, and to let them explain it, and it makes a lot of sense, that, you know, these creatures are just as varied as humans. Because, you know, humans don't have that plus one to anything. To anything specific, you can pick and choose what you want to add, what you want to you know add a bonus to, which whatever ability score mm-hmm. that you want. Yep. And so they, you know, by these you know racial ability scores bonuses, you know they're they felt like you know they're they're painting too broad a brush on an entire uh, you know race of creatures. And so, what the change is. When determining your character's ability scores, increase one score by two. So you roll your character, you roll, you know, your your um, your dice to get your six ability scores. Mm-hmm. You increase one score by two, and increase a different score by one, or increase three different scores by one. So, and what what that also does is. You know, to let um, you know, wizards and, and the folks, the, the game designers there, and text brings this up in the chat. Uh, they're trying to move away from certain races being more suitable to certain classes, mm-hmm. and that's exactly how text uh, presented it in the chat. That's a perfect way to describe it. You know, you're like, I want to be, I want to play a ranger. Oh, it looks like you know, an elf would actually mm-hmm. be, you know, uh, would be conducive to playing a good ranger yeah or man i want to i want to smash shit i want to be a barbarian okay i should probably be an orc or, or a goliath orc. or a bugbear or you something, know, something big. With, with something with a plus one and the rationale for this change not only in 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 like the role-playing sense in the and the sort of like you know like this just makes logical sense mm-hmm. but game mechanics wise these bonuses only really matter at the, you know, at the beginning or like at the midpoint of the game, once you get to a high enough level, I mean, at, at a certain point, you get, you reach a ceiling on these ability scores. Yeah. And you could have at 20th level, you could have a halfling be just as strong as a, as a <laughs> Goliath. Hey, if it makes game mechanic sense, then uh, I'm here for it. <laughs> and so... This sort of you know ability score bonus really only makes sense at the beginning of a play, the beginning of 
of a campaign if you're if you're starting off at level one. Yeah. And so, you know, what they've done is really opened up the the playing field. So you could really create a character that is uniquely your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The going further in depth into it and we'll talk more about it when we start talking about specific races that have been introduced in this book uh as playable this book is <clears throat> the one thing that i think wizards of the coast has noticed especially with this book is that we are all loving to play the things we're not allowed to everybody right. wants a little homebrew in their life and I feel like with this book, especially with the player races that they've put in the book, I feel like Wizards of the Coast is realizing that we want more inclusiveness in our game. I want to be able to turn around and say, I want to be a demon. I want to be what? a Baylor, and I want to be good. I want to fight the system. I want to fight the power, man. Hell yeah. I, I Raise feel- against the machine. <laughs> I feel like this book is the next step forward in the process, especially with character creation, where Wizards of the Coast is turning around and saying, okay, we recognize the fact that you guys love to homebrew. So here's what we're going to do. We're basically going to turn around, and that's what they've basically said in this beginning page. We're basically just going to turn around and tell you that any sort of race you choose that is one of these you know, creature races... You're going to get a plus two to add to whatever you want and a plus one to add whatever you want. After that, it's all on you. No, yeah. And, and another thing, you know, there there isn't anything there. There's as far as like new races and new creatures, there is shockingly little that is new in this book. <laughs> in, yeah. in fact, there is only one completely new creature uh, which we'll get to later, and um, sort of modifications, um, uh, mm-hmm. like a souped up version, souped up versions of another handful or so, and then every other creature that and race that you see here has been in another book. Yeah, which and is some an- of them. Some of them are returning champions from three point five days. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, um, but but yeah, but everything everything is has been already released in a fifth edition book. Mm-hmm. Whether it be uh, Volos or uh, whether it be uh, Mordekainen, uh or even some of the adventures like uh, uh, Descent to Avernus, yeah, uh, or Out of the Abyss, there you know everything. There's nothing, hardly anything that is that hasn't been released already, and so that's one thing that is going against the book. Like if you already have all this stuff, if you already have all these books and have access to you know, the, these, um, these creatures or these races, you know, that's another reason why you might want to hold off for me. I like the, I like them all in one place. Yeah. And I like them all. They've all been tweaked and sort of modified to, to work together. And And that's what I was going to say. It's, it's more of, it's more formatted. It's more professionally formatted and easier to find the information in this book for a lot of player races. I mean, the first few pages of this are literally just playable races where it's nice, neat, organized. Uh, it's it's what we've come to come to expect and want out of our well, our quick find books. Um, even the bestiaries, like you were saying, it's clean, it's nice. There's some updated rule sets for it, some updated stats. Nothing really has changed a whole lot, though. Um, I mean, there's. There have been some um, pretty, pretty dra- not drastic, but some some big changes. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into that, like, like I like the fact that you know, like the changeling, which is a playable race from Eberron, yep, is now, you know, now in a book that you could that is easily usable in Forgotten Realms. Yeah, and so that's sort of the idea, like like the monsters of the multiverse. So the multiverse being like, you know, like Eberron or Forgotten Realms or mm-hmm. Greyhawk or Dragonlance. And so, you know, you're able to, I feel like for the first time, uh, 
you know, officially they're sort of encouraging like, oh yeah, like you want to um, play, or you want to be a Warforged in a Forgotten Realms uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we, like that's easy, that's easy to do. Yeah. And, you know, that's, they're, they're, I feel like they're working more toward making everything work together in an easier and more uh, streamlined way. Mm-hmm. Uh, which just you know it makes more sense because there's there's so many cool things in you know and and everything that they do and so like being able to use as much of it as possible just makes sense to me so i want to bring up since we're bringing up races i want to bring up a very particular one that i noticed right off the bat in this book sea elves yeah the yellow grin (laughs) sea elves now we talked about them yeah as i say so now uh so those of you who are patrons, you probably already heard our episode on elves. Um, we talked about sea elves quite a bit in that. We've got them. They're here. They're in our book. <laughs> They're playable race. They're back. Returning champs. Um, no, not the Eldrin. The Eldrin are another. I would say Eldrin are yeah, which we also talked about. Yeah, in our the sea elves are yeah. I knew what you meant. I was just gonna play it off like you, yeah. You said something. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the sea elves, the Eldrin, the Eldrin have been in our. They've been usable, but again, a lot of people didn't notice this. A lot of people didn't notice this because in the monster manual, it's very quickly, easily kind of brushed over. Right. Um, and it's not in the monster manual per se, but in the manual of the monsters that it is in, uh, I can't recall exactly which book it is at the top of my head but it tells you how to build one but it is it is very mixed up within the monster's description and you have to actually hunt through it with here it's literally cleaned it up like you would any of the monsters or any of the playable races from the player's handbook yeah here's the information uh, here's the stat boosts here's your abilities have fun the way uh jeremy crawford described this book is it's a it's meant to be a companion to both the player's handbook and the monster manual mm-hmm. to both of them. Yeah. Um, one cool thing about, uh, you know, speaking of sea elves and elves in general, one cool thing that they've uh, that they've changed is their trance feature. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, uh, before the the elf didn't need to sleep for eight hours. Didn't need that long rest. Could intend, instead go into a meditative trance for four hours, and that would act as if it was you know full eight hours of sleep. What they've done is they've added something really cool, something like really unique. And I, like I, re- I'm really interested in how. I mean, this has all been play tested, obviously, but I'm interested to know like how that now that it's in the wild, how it's going to work. So the trance. It says for for an elf, you don't need to sleep, and magic can't put you to sleep. That's you know same as it always was. Uh, you can finish a long rest in four hours if you spend those hours in a trance-like meditation during which you retain consciousness. Again, that's you know nothing new here. This is where it changes. This is where it's, this is where it gets cool. Whenever you finish this trance, you can gain two proficiencies that you don't have. Each one with a weapon or a tool of your choice selected from the player's handbook. You mystically acquire these proficiencies by drawing them from shared elven memory, and you retain them until you finish your next long rest. Mm-hmm. So let's say you um, you, get, you go into a dungeon and your, uh, the weapon of your choice isn't really isn't really hacking it isn't really cutting it (laughs) so instead of you know being out of luck or at least like you know struggling in combat instead you can go into your trance into your meditative state for hours and you know tap into that collective elven memory and gain proficiency in whatever weapon Mm -hmm. you know would be beneficial to you which is very cool. I like that so much, and it's very much in keeping with the sort of like the lore and the mythos of yep. of elves. I like that, and that crosses again. That crosses across all elves now. 
It's not just exactly. it's not just sea elves. However, oh, yeah. our sea elves friends, I just want to notice this because I, I wanted to say something because it's hilarious. Our sea elves, our friends have the ability of friends of the sea now. And that basically means they can talk to uh, animals of the sea. So they're basically Aquaman. 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 <laughs> yeah, Lupus. This this yep. isn't just for sea elves. There's yep. the, you know, you had brought up sea elves. And I was like, well, speaking of sea elves and all other elves, mm-hmm. this is something that that any elf can do, which is very, very cool. Um, is it time for the middle of the show? I will we- say, I will say we should, we, we, you know what we'll do? We'll take a mid break. And then when we come back from mid break, we will discuss some of the changes to our monsters. Some, some of the change, there's, there's actually one more race. So before we go, before we go yeah, let's talk break, about this last race before we go. Because I remember we did an episode on the Genasi. On uh, all type, it was um, an episode on the four types of Genasi and how we were kind of, um, we weren't really all that impressed mm-hmm. with the Genasi. Like, they seemed like a little. Do you little, think they made this book because of our. They might have. They might have been like, <laughs> or at least put this in. Like, they weren't even going to include Genasi. Then they heard that episode of the Dungeons and Dragons forecast where we're like, the Genasi kind of suck. It. We got to fix, fix it. We got to fix it. We got to fix that. Um, They've made them a lot more interesting. So each of them, um, before each of them had like one, um, essentially like one racial trait that, you know, they could do um, like the uh, the water genasi, like it knew the shape water cantrip. Mm-hmm. And then at third level, it could um, cast destroy create or destroy water um and that was pretty much it and they like they can breathe air and water you know obviously they have a swimming speed cool whatever um now each different variant of genasi has something cool and unique to it um so like the air genasi it's still uh, uh it can still cast levitate so that you know it can kind of it, it can like, pretty much fly float in the air um but at to begin with, it no shocking grasp, which is uh, yeah. which is a very like good good offensive spell to have at first level. Yeah, the Earth Genasi um, also can still do pass without a trace. It can't. It it can do this at fifth level. However, to start off with, it has the Blade Ward Cantrip, which again is very effective a very effective defensive cantrip to have at first level you know Mm -hmm. you you cast this cantrip as a bonus action on top of all that um a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus for every long rest so let's say you're getting beat down uh you can cast uh blade ward and become resistant to you know bludgeoning damage uh piercing damage slashing damage uh until the beginning of your next turn. The uh, water genasi can still do um, create and destroy water at fifth level. However, it starts off with acid, acid splash. Again, a very uh, very potent uh, cantrip to have at first level. And the fire genasi, uh, again, can do uh, burning hands, can do flame blade, uh, and then does produce flame also can do produce flame like all of these make a lot of sense when considering the character when considering the 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 variant of each race or the variant within the race mm-hmm. the coolest thing that, that before we go to the break the coolest thing about all this and shows to me like they they really put a lot of thought into uh how they're going to try to make these uh races and creatures make a lot make sense and just be better more inclusive period well not even just inclusive, just like more just makes more sense mm-hmm. the air genos they, they all have a walking speed or swimming speed of 30 feet except for the air genasi 35 feet well here's here's the actual kicker to that that makes they each, sense they each have a little because bit of difference they're walking on air yep. they each have a little bit of difference so the water genasi has a swim speed equal to their their land speed. Right, right. Um the 
Earth Genasi can hold its breath indefinitely, like never has to breathe. Right. Yeah. You know, these are things that make sense. Okay. You are born from genies. Okay. Genie or fey magic, you know, however you want to do this, they're born from magical creatures, mega powerful magic creatures. Why wasn't that reflected to begin with? <laughs> I mean, like I said, we we did a uh, we wanted to cover. Um, if you go to D and D Beyond and start up, you know, have nothing purchased, just start up a free account. Uh, you know, there are certain uh, races that are avail- available to you. Uh, you know, Tom and Stuart covered most of them. Uh, they skipped over a few, and we decided to cover those as well. Janasi mm-hmm. uh, being being one of them. And like I said, we were left pretty unimpressed you know there was yeah. there was really nothing mechanics wise that uh that really drew you to any one of these variants of the genasi mm-hmm. it was more um like uh, the decision will be made more like role playing like i play a genasi because uh an earth genasi because he's kind of like a um like a forest hobo uh but you know that's the character I wanted to role play as, uh, and you know, doesn't the game like the the race itself like really had nothing uh, that appealed to me if I was just trying to min max a character. Oh yeah. So with all that being said, I think it's time for our mid break. Let's go. <laughs> Here we are in the middle of the show. Bum bum. It's the middle of the show. Oh, we already have we already have a transition song. You don't need to say it. But you know what we need to do? Sergio, I need It's a new year. It's a new year. New, new us. Transition music. New tra- we need we need to get a whole new we're, there's gonna be a whole lot of new changes and a whole lot of crazy stuff happening. But before we get into that. What do you think our patrons? Sergio, why don't you go ahead and rattle off our wonderful, beautiful patrons, please? I'm going to <laughs> uh, I'm going to thank our patrons in reverse alphabetical order. Oh, I want to Spicy. thank Wolf. We want to thank Wolf the Sheepdog, uh-huh. as well as Tex Tinstar and Sergeant Reaper, Remington Cloutier, Lupus Malum, Jonathan S. Daniel P and Climbing Zebra. Whoa! Thank you all so much. Uh, they get all sorts of cool benefits, like mm-hmm. they get the show a day early. They get the show ad free. They, uh, at, at the very least, that's at the at the bottom tier. That's at the the cheapest tier, which is five bucks. Yep. Uh, those are some of the bonuses. Uh, the higher you get, the more cool stuff you get: t-shirts, stickers. Um, you know. Uh, What's that? Speaking of t-shirts, t-shirts are designed, they are ordered, and they are on the way. It took forever to get the designs right. I apologize to our patrons for having to wait so long, but moving forward, we're going to have Patreon go ahead and take care of our stuff. Um, We're just going to have Patreon do all the hard work, and I'm going to specifically design four more designs. I want to design one. Okay, Sergio can design one. Yes. It's gonna be the best one, and by best, everyone that you, everyone that sees you wearing it, will make fun of you. Mm-hmm. And They're gonna be like, "What are you wearing?" This is this this is gonna be a shock to Sergio. So moving into the next year, I have decided to go absolutely nuts with all the shows that I do. So moving forward into the next year, every single one of the shows I do is gonna have new Patreon stretch goals, and these Patreon stretch goals are going to be directly impacting you. Okay, the listener. I've been trying to rack my brain to figure out how to give our patrons more. We want to give more. Yeah. The best way to do that is stretch goals. So some of the stretch goals we're coming out with, uh, I think the Fumbling Four is coming out with a stretch goal where we're going to give away a Nintendo original Nintendo system with 10 original cartridges in working condition, the laser gun. Two controllers. We're gonna go nuts with it. Um, that gun doesn't even work. <laughs> it doesn't work on new TVs. What? Don't matter. You're gonna get it. 
Um, we're gonna we're gonna start doing giveaways. We're gonna do more giveaways. We're gonna do more stretch goals. We're gonna. It's gonna be a year of awesome. So Wolf no, Lord, unfortunately, Wolf Slore, no glove, power yeah. glove. We tried to find one, and it yeah, was just, a, we'll just, no. Just keep luck. your power glove to yourself. Yeah. Um, you keep your power glove to yourself. But That's yes, a wizard quote right there. Oh, so yeah, if, if you are so inclined and want to help us out in that way, you can go to patreon.com slash D and D lorecast. Uh, like I said, there, there's a five dollar tier, ten dollar, mm-hmm. uh, 25, 50, and a hundred. Yep. Uh, and, and all, like I said, like you know, Crow was talking about. All of that goes to making the show better. Yeah. You know, it doesn't line our pockets. Uh, I'm not, you know, living the life of Riley with the D and D Lorecast <laughs> Patreon money. Um, but also, said, like, you know, we're we're thinking of ideas for giveaways. We're mm-hmm. thinking of of cool swag to give back to everyone who uh, contributes. Uh, because, in all honesty. You know, just listening is enough. If you, yeah. you know, if you can't uh, or or even don't want to uh, go onto the Patreon <laughs> and just want to listen to the show, that's more than enough. Like we thank you from the bottoms of our mm-hmm. from the bottoms of our lonely hearts. If you if you cannot you cannot afford to or you know whatever the case may be, just listening, sharing it with a friend, leaving comments and reviews, you know, letting us know how we're doing, how we could do better pinging us an email just to say hey showing up in the discord all these things are ways you can support us and we dearly dearly love it which brings me to the next thing instead of taking a moment today i'm feeling in a very generous spirit this year and instead of going on to minis i want to take a thank to take a minute to say thanks to some of our more active discordies um yeah, and for those uh, listening who aren't part of the Discord, mm-hmm. it's the Robots Radio Discord. Um, like I have, like I work from home, and so I have like my work monitor set up, and I have one monitor that I keep a browser up, uh, like a regular, like my regular computer, a browser up and Discord up. So like I'm pretty much always on there. Always. <laughs> so. We've get we get tons of people dropping in all the time. You know, we've got NB Courier, we've got Lupus. Of course, we got Lupus. Um, he found a power glove. He, get, he Lupus found a power glove. Yep. It's. I bet you it's a fortune. <laughs> well, it's currently unavailable. <laughs> so we've got Wolf's Lore. We've got Text and Star. Uh, we've got we've got so many people that are active in our Discord. Um, and. Mary, can't forget Mary. Mary, yeah, of course, Mary. I mean, I'm trying to go through the list here, and Discord's not cooperating right now. Um, of course, right? I just want to say a huge thank you to you all. Um, you know, not only do you listen to the show. Coffee, a.k.a. Sergeant Reaper. Sergeant Reaper, yeah. Um, I said coffee. Oh, did yeah. You? yeah, I just wanted to say a huge thank you. Um, and this is just a few of the people that have been active, you know, sharing their stories of their games. Um, Lupus is the you know the resident D and D merchant galore. Yeah, uh, he's he's the uh, <laughs> he's the guy from uh, Resident Evil Four who just shows up out of nowhere. What are you buying? What are you buying? And I'm like, apparently everything you freaking post, my guy. Job it broke. Uh, you know, you guys are all lovely. You you bring me great joy throughout the day. Um, you bring great joy to everyone else that pops in. Uh, you know, I just want to say thanks for being active members of the community, and you know, we really appreciate it. And yeah, like the Robots Radio Discord, mm-hmm. uh, the Twitter account D and D Lorecast. Uh, uh, like I man that, and I'm always, you know, I'm always open to talk about D and D. So I mean, like. Pretty much like, open to talking about anything. Just talk to me. I'm lonely. I'm so lonely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I will always want to talk about D and D. Like I, I am not new to this. I am true to this. I freaking love this game. Let's go. I need a friend. Somebody talk to me, please. So uh, the last thing before we get to our DMs corner, because we got a lot of announcements. I told you this year is going to be big. Um, we keep talking about this giveaway. We keep talking about this giveaway. Sergio, I think it's time to give a little bit more details about this giveaway. 
without getting into too much, we will be mm-hmm. giving away we'll be giving away a collection of D and D books. Yes, um, a big collection. Uh, you know, and we were waiting until uh, until we had the the books amassed, collected, uh, which we finally do. And uh, you know, it's going to be a, quite a handful. Of, uh, you know, whether you know, how we go about giving them away. Um, we're not sure. I, we're pretty sure it's going to be some sort of like charity raffle. Oh, it's know, definitely going to be charity. We're definitely yeah. doing this for charity, hands down. Yeah, as far but as far as like, you know, it's um, like with the our previous giveaway with the Haunt uh, hardcover special edition, uh, the Haunt trilogy. You know, it was uh, just a matter of you know, um, like you know, uh, uh, liking a tweet mm-hmm. or or uh, emoting on a Discord message or, or you know, or or following the Twitch channel. You know, this uh, this is something that uh, we're trying to figure out how you know, how folks will buy into mm-hmm. to to win, and we're thinking some some sort of like raffle probably is yeah. probably the easiest bet. But yeah, then those proceeds will then go to charity. Um, the charity we're still discussing which one we have a couple in mind that we really like that mm-hmm. you know what they do how they help people um uh you know really speaks to us and so but yeah like i said those are that's what we can announce right now but yeah we're giving away quite a few books and you know if you play your cards right you could win all these books for pennies on the dollar oh, oh let me just grab the box Books. Lupus says, "Are they all of my 3.5 books?" Oh man! Oh, I, uh, if only. Oh, yeah. if only. No, we've got. Uh, Those will be buried with me. Let's see. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight books to give away altogether. So MSRP of close to uh, probably 300 bucks, <laughs> three four hundred, three four hundred dollars. Yeah. And to be announced, a very special surprise um, to uh, to someone within it, within the within the gamble, if you will. The uh, that's a bad word. The raffle. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, anyway, and, and again, like you know, um, like I said, like the proceeds will go to a charity, mm-hmm. and so you know, I always feel better about you know. By doing that, knowing that, in, you know, really my money's going to go go to a good cause, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of whether I win or not. So. Yeah. But so, yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff planned. We're mm-hmm. very excited. So that being said, those are my announcements for this episode, Sergio. I stole the limelight from you. What do we got from the DMG's corner? Well, in keeping, in keeping with this, uh, with this week's sort of theme of, of creatures and monsters um you know i am uh this is a bit pricier than what i usually recommend uh i like to recommend stuff that you know you can buy for a few bucks but uh what i'm recommending this week is the monster manual expanded by dragonix this is a good uh, one uh it's there are three of them uh but i'm just i'm going to focus on the first one monster manual expanded uh is 19.99 for the pdf uh but I would recommend getting it if you are interested in getting it, getting it sooner rather than later, because the way that Wizards is, is sort of changing their stat block, you know, format, uh, they are updating uh, the Monster Manual Expanded to be more, uh, you know, more uniform with that. So they're, se- they're, they're currently working on a second edition that will, you know, reflect those changes accurately. And so... The so right now you can't even get the they usually have a print on demand like hardcover version that you can buy, uh, but right now that's deactivated. You can only buy the PDF. Uh, and they also say that please, and this is pretty cool of, of DMs Guild to let you know that uh, the second edition will have a price increase to $24.99, so an extra five bucks once the second edition is released. However, if you buy the first edition now at $19.99, the second edition just comes uh, you know, the, the PDF file, the second edition just comes as a, you know, as an update, as a free update. So the Monster Manual Expanded is a 330-page source of content that supplements the Monster Manual. Uh, It's pretty much, uh, you know, kind of what uh, Monsters of the Multiverse is, 
but from uh, from a D&D content creator. It aims to provide DMs more options and flexibility in designing adventures and dressing up their dungeons with a wider variety of creatures and characters that are based on the monster manual. In total, they are there are over 470 creature stat blocks in the, in the monster manual manual expanded at your at the DM's disposal. Uh, so it's definitely you know for a PDF file, definitely worth 20 bucks for sure. And like I said, if you buy it now before the second edition comes out, you'll end up saving yourself $5 and getting the free update anyway. So yeah, we'll mm. post that in the uh, posting that in the chat right now, in the Twitch chat, and we'll also post a chat to or a link to that in the show notes for for all of you listening to the audio version of this. Woo woo. <laughs> well, with all that being said, let's do our final dive into the multiverse, multiverse. Of madness. It's the scream for me. <laughs> Is that Wilhelm? It's the Wilhelm for me. All right. So there's not a whole lot to jump into here. I want to talk about goblins. I want to talk about goblins. Why do you can want to talk please, about goblins? Can we please talk about goblins? <laughs> well, make it quick. because We're running to the end of the show. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so goblins, uh, you know, they they've always um, like the 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 lore behind them is that you know they their their god their patron deity, uh, Ma Ma Maglubiet, Maglubiet, Maglubiet. Uh, you know that's who they worship. That's uh, that's um, that's their patron deity, for lack of a better description. Uh, like Tex says in the chat, they're Fae now. And so they have changed, they have up, I don't want to say they've changed it because uh, Maglubiet is still definitely their patron deity. However, they, they now have roots in the Fae wild. And which is why, uh, you know, because and the way they the way they explained it was goblins for the most part uh you know outside of D are associated uh with fairies and and like other creatures from the fey wild and so it just makes more sense that they are also now fey and so as a result you know um like role playing wise you know that adds so much more to a goblin character you know perhaps you have a goblin character who feels that sort of tug into the fey wild and can't really describe doesn't really like you know, fall in line with the um, like the usual uh, rigmarole of being a goblin of you know of uh, you know attacking caravans and and feasting on uh, you know rotten flesh on bones, but instead they want to be more whimsical and you know in addition to like the the changes that they're making on a whole this specifically allows goblins to do just that. I am so down for this. <laughs> I welcome this change, sir. I like, I like it a lot. I think it's really cool. Like I said, it, it's, it just makes, it makes logical sense that they would be Faye. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into uh, a few of these monsters and then we'll discuss whether to buy or to wait. Well, the first, uh, I mean, the really the only brand new uh, creature uh, is the the Dolphin Delighter, which is a pretty hilarious name if you think about it. Um, the Dolphin Delighter, it kind of feels like a holdover from Wild Beyond the Witchlight, but there really isn't um, isn't any sort of um, uh, like water, like like bodies of water that I can remember from that from that adventure. Nah, I mean, there's I'm I'm 
wait for season two of the fumbling four. Like <laughs> <laughs> as as far, I mean, as far as uh, like enough to like one that would a dolphin would make sense in, like an ocean or a sea. Yeah, I mean, these dolphins are a little different, but you know what? Never mind. C- continue. <laughs> okay, so the dolphin delighter in the Feywild. Dolphin delighters brighten the moods of those who travel the seas of the domains of delight. Uh, telepathically singing sea chanties, these dolphins leap and teleport through the luminous waters of fairy and the material plane, and they are faithful allies to any who battle the forces of gloom and brutality under the waves. Dolphin delighters often accompany groups of sea elves, tritons, and turtles as guardians and friends. Can I just say I love the fact that they sing sea shanties? I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like, Bow. yeah, I, I was going to try to say, I'm like, going to sing one. I don't like, I realized I don't even know any And these dolphins do it on the reg. <laughs> so they're a medium fake creature, uh, typically chaotic good. And now they're like heavy into the um, like this, they're like full stop. You know, creatures are no longer always something or always not something. Like mm-hmm. it'll say typically, which again goes into the idea of like a Dritz type character. Yep. Like, well, if Drow are always chaotic evil, how do you explain Dritz? Well, then, okay, so you say like they're typically chaotic evil. And that way you can, you don't have to completely explain away like why this, um, this, uh, this member of of this race isn't acting, you know, as as traditionally one would act. Mm-hmm. So obviously, they're dolphins; they can hold their breath underwater, uh, or they can only hold their breath for twenty minutes. So, you know, definitely keep that in mind if you're engaging in combat. So it has a dazzling slam attack. It can actually make. Uh, it has a it can actually make that attack twice. What that attack is, it's a, pl- a plus four to hit, uh, and it does uh, it does one d six plus two bludgeoning damage, plus two d six psychic damage, and the target is blinded until the start of the dolphin's next turn. So, if the dolphin is able to get a high enough initiative and go early on in the in the combat round. They could presumably blind a like one of your party members for the entire for the entire round, and they well they they would have to fight blind. So obviously at a at some sort of disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Lupus brings uh, brings up that the uh, uh, the Moonwell campaign in the Moon Seas would be a perfect uh, adventure for this, and that's sort of the idea. Like like obviously like they're fae, they're fae creatures. However, like what they're what they're sort of going for is like they're really you know allowing you allowing the player to incorporate any one of these characters into any sort of campaign setting Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you know uh if the changeling has its origins in eberron you can now use it in greyhawk and it doesn't matter that this uh dolphin delighter feels like it should be in wild beyond the witchlight use it in the moonshade isles yeah. Use it in Forgotten Realms. Absolutely. Uh, another, another thing is it has it has two bonus actions, the delightful light. Uh, the magic, uh, the dolphin magically emanates light in a 10-foot radius for a moment. The dolphin and each creature of its choice in that light gain 2d10 temporary hit points. And then also the Fae Leap. The dolphin teleports up 30 feet to an unoccupied space it can see. Immediately before teleporting, the dolphin can choose one creature within five feet of it. The creature can teleport with the dolphin, appearing in an unoccupied space within five feet of the dolphin's destination space. So, uh, Text 10 Star says to not trust dolphins. They (laughs) lure you in with their cuteness and then they try to eat you. They're adorable until they eat you. I, I read the stat block and I think, okay, this dolphin takes its bonus action or you know gets next to a next to a uh, a player gets within five feet of a player takes its bonus action of teleporting teleports that player 30 feet away 
and then multi-attacks while the rest of the party is 30 feet away from it and can't do anything and has to have to move toward it to to then you know to to save uh to save their their party member and the dolphin can keep doing this over and over (laughs) just keep on doing the dolphin thing so we're running out of time at least as a at least as a as a as an enemy combatant yeah uh I mean, if you're able to get get a dolphin delighter on your side as a as a friend, as an ally, I mean that they'd be hard pressed. You'd mm-hmm. be hard pressed to find a better one. So all this being said, we got a lot. There's a lot of small, minute changes when it comes to the monsters. There's a couple of big ones, but. Nothing crazy impressive, and we can go further in depth in these and Patreon. But unfortunately, we're running low on the show. And low on the show. Running low on the show fuel. And uh, I don't have a magical item for this week. I know, I'm awful, so I promise I'll bring two next week. You really are the worst. I am the worst. And no, you could have made a magical item too, Sergio. I wasn't greedy. You could have done it. No, you would have yelled at me. <laughs> damned if I do it, damned if I don't. I make one and you're like, hey, it's my bit. That's what my are you thing. doing? Do I don't it. make one. And you're like, why didn't you do it? I never, I've never done one? this. I've never. But anyway, all that being said, Sergio, what is your verdict before we leave our lovely listeners? What is your verdict? Buy now? Wait? What's going on? If you don't have copies of Tasha's or Xanathar's already, uh, and you want and or have been planning on getting them. Like if you were essentially in the same situation I was in, where I only had digital copies, or or if you don't have copies at all, and you're going to get those books anyway, go ahead and buy the set, mm-hmm. um, because it's definitely something you don't want to be without as a player or as a DM for sure. If you already have those two books, I say wait. You know, that's going to be available as a standalone. On May seventeenth, uh, like I said, there isn't uh, there isn't anything completely game changing in this book, aside from the ability score change. But that's something that you can implement. And uh, in fact, uh, try to forget the name of this um, more blue tint. Uh, said that that was that's been a homebrew rule. In their in their in their games for a while now, mm-hmm. uh, so that but that's something you don't need the book for. You can start implementing immediately, like the updated stat blocks, the new features. Uh, you know that's something that, I mean, hell, if you if if you're like I want to play a, you know, Earth Genasi right now, and I want right to know how I want to know how to play the new version. Uh, hit one of us up. Hit us up on the Discord. We'll give you. We'll help you out. We'll let you know what you can and can't do. We got uh, you. But like I said, if you already have those two other books, Tasha's and Xanathar's, mm-hmm. this is definitely something you can wait for. Um, however, like having gone through it, I am like I said, I'm very excited about what D and D, you know, has in store for us moving forward. And that was the other thing too is, so you have you know, like I said, there's all this stuff is you know, aside from the Dolphin Delighter. All this stuff has been in another book, you know. Like we we have obviously like the the Genasi are are in other books. You have um, uh, the creatures are in Volos or or in uh, Mordecanans. They're they're elsewhere. The, but the changes that they've made, and that's another sort of cool thing, is that uh, and it, and Lupus brings up another good point is that this set will probably drop in price as as most stuff as you know, as just about anything does after it's been released for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this isn't to say that um, like these creatures are, like these are, this is the only way to play them now. Like this is the only way to uh, to play uh, an Orcus or uh, a Skulk. You, you can still use the like the previous stat block and just present it as this is just a variant. This is just a different version of the same creature. Yeah. You know, not every single dog you like, you know, 
I have three different dogs. I have one small, one medium, one large. You know, you're telling me that they'd have the same stat block? Like my little 16 pound yep. terrier mix, like I'll whoop that dog all day. But my 80 pound German Shepherd mix, yeah, it, we're gonna we, we're gonna squabble. <laughs> I might not I might not take that battle. Uh, so yeah, it's just sort of like the same idea. Like even amongst creatures, there's gonna be you know differences and variants. Yeah. So my take on this is similar to yours, but I will add the caveat. Um, Ooh, caveat. Ooh. So yeah, if you don't have the all these books, or you don't have Tasha's and Xanathar's, I would recommend going out and grabbing this. Um, if you do have them, I would recommend waiting. However, additional caveat, if you're one of those people that goes on D&D Beyond, I would wait a little bit. Don't anticipate you getting the same material as the physical because I feel like this is going to be a change that's going to be implemented partially free across the D&D Beyond Um books because i feel like this is the new direction they're heading with 5.5 potentially on the rise i feel like they're trying to do a slow transition unlike we're used to where they just drop it in our laps and go this is how you play now i feel like this is a slow transition so this could potentially be a free don't quote me on this but i feel like it might be a free release i don't think it's going to be free i think they've already like set up uh, have they already set up prices (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's like standard D and D Beyond price, which is twenty nine ninety nine, and I think I said so I think they've already established Dropped. like a pre order for it. Have they really? Because they so. didn't have one the other day when I was looking. We're yeah, gonna have to pre- stop everything and now. look. It's I, there I'm now. Right now, yeah, pre order now. All right. Well, I stand corrected. Well, there was my prediction wrong. In the same moment I made it, it's wrong. <laughs> I like how you predict. <laughs> I like how you predict stuff that's already like been disproven. <laughs> <laughs> like predicting stuff, like well, that didn't end up coming true. Like, this is already All right, so done. It's it's an easy pass fail system, you know. Like I predict that I will never grow hair again. Huh? Done. I win. See, I'm a psychic. When well, you said never, <laughs> like that's like saying like I predict I didn't grow hair this morning when I woke up. Like, well, that already didn't happen. So. <laughs> well, at any rate, but that, um, that, that brings I feel up a like point. that brings up a point that I texted brought this, brought it up earlier. And brings it up now. He says he feels like it should be a free update because I like, feel like it should. Although, like I mean, I mean, it's there's a it's it's ninety nine point five percent, you know, um, recycled material. However, you know, I'm also the guy who has a copy of the three point five spell compendium. So, like, I'm not messed up about having you know yeah. convenience at my fingertips. Well, at any rate, it is now the end of the episode. And Texan Star, your prediction is correct. It is the end. <laughs> Sorry, it is time to bid everyone adieu. Uh, so, Sergio, do you have anything you'd love to share with us? Um, no, thank you so much for listening. I have another podcast. It's called Phantom University. Uh, me and my uh, best friend of over 20 years, we get together and uh talk real smart like about uh the nerdy stuff that we love um we just had a couple of episodes about the scream movies uh we had a great interview with um a a teen horror blogger named gory Corey, where we like uh really dismantled and talked uh deconstructed like uh the ideas and the themes behind the franchise which is a lot of fun uh we're gonna start talking about boba fett here in a couple weeks but yeah check it out if you're into if you're into nerdy stuff and you uh and beyond the like oh that's cool because i like it because it's loud and fast cool uh yeah we talk about a lot of cool stuff well on my end we just completed season one of the fumbling four in the almighty i was there for it single tier single tier um so yeah, that's uh, coming out uh, tomorrow. We're dropping it. Uh, sorry, it, by the time this it'll drop, it'll be Friday. It came out Friday. It's already out. It's already out. Go listen to it. Um, so that is happening, and the we've we've got all my other pods are linked in the show notes below. If you're interested, and I'm sure I've got a show that you will be interested in somewhere in that mix. Um, from horror to more live plays and everything in between, we've got a show for you. 
Um, however, I want to focus the end of this one on the new upcoming show we have releasing in February. We're shooting for the first week in February. Uh, we have the Legend of Zelda lore cast. Um, we are going to do deep dives into the Legend of Zelda series and all the lore and mythos in between. And uh, we have special, special um, Patreon exclusives coming for that. Um, and we have special Patreon bonus rewards and, you know, achievement tiers. And we have all kinds of crazy things coming for that. Um, some very expensive, very uh, hard to find items, maybe up for grabs for Ooh, you. Nice. So stay tuned for that. Um, but that, yeah, that comes out February. Um, so I uh, hope you give it a listen and uh, let us know what you think. But on that note, for sure. I think it's time for us to bid everyone adieu. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robust Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.